You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Last week, we talked about the three aspects of salvation, uh, three pieces The first one that we talked about, there's three aspects of salvation because we are three in one. We are body, soul, and spirit. That is the design that the Lord created us in after His image, after His likeness. He created us. Uh, The first one that we talked about is glorification. Uh, This is glorification of the body. This is the salvation of the body. This will be saved. This has not yet been saved. This is the final removal of sin from the saints because our bodies, we, we read this throughout Scripture in several places, our, our bodies are still bound to the grave. And so the glorification of our bodies in heaven, when there's a new heaven, new earth, we'll receive new bodies, um, is the final removal of sin from the saints. Uh, this restoration is attached to the promise of Jesus' return. And it can only be found within that promise, uh, the, rest, the, the promise of Jesus' return. Uh, the next one that we talked about is justification. This is here in, in the Spirit. This is saved. Um, this happens at the moment of salvation for a believer. Uh, when they put their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as the Messiah, they become, and they become reconciled back to God, they're connected to Him again. Uh, it is the denying of self to follow Him, no longer I who live, but Christ in me. That, when that moment takes place, which is present at every moment of salvation, this is what we have. We have justification. We are now justified. We are now recognized that we belong to God because we are now spirit, we are connected to our spiritual being again. And before that, we were severed from that because of sin, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus, and when we receive his sacrifice for ourselves, we receive that blood, our spirit is, is uh, restored, and we are connected back to the heart of God. We are, we are united with his spirit, uh, that we can communicate with him, that we can have a relationship with him, Um, that our bodies can become vessels for his presence, that all happens at this moment of salvation, and that is the justification process. Uh, We are now justified, and now uh, there is is a stamp, a seal over our lives of who we belong to. (coughs) Excuse me. And the last one we talked about was sanctification. Sanctification... We have it listed right here, but this sanctification, it's listed right here in the soul, but this consists and includes body, soul, and spirit. It's not just within the soul, but this is, this is daily salvation. This is being saved. Um, this is the process of choosing Him, choosing His will uh, for this life, the process of becoming Christ-like is sanctification. That's all it is. It's the process of becoming Christ-like, of choosing Him and walking with Him. This is a daily process. Uh, This is a daily pursuit of God and relationship with Him. And the result of relationship with the Holy Spirit, who when we choose Him on a daily basis, He imparts His will and His nature to us and in us, and, and this is the daily process of sanctification. It's the daily pursuit of becoming Christ-like. This is where um, 
you know, where our mind, our will, and our emotions begin to reflect the nature of God instead of our nature. This is a daily process that only comes with interaction, daily interaction, daily pursuit of God. Uh, And this is something that the enemy seeks to disrupt. He seeks to disrupt this process. Uh, Something that's important for us to understand. um, This is a point that Sarah and I make when we do premarital counseling. Um, But this is true in so many different areas besides marriage. It's true in marriage, but this is uh, true in everything. Uh, Satan hates the image of God. Period. He hates the image of God. So he will attack God's people in an attempt to wound God's heart and deface the image of God on earth. If he can manipulate it and skew the image of God, that's all he wants. He wants people to look at God's people and not see the clear picture of who God really is. He wants them to see a manipulated and a contorted image of who God is. Uh, So this is his desire. And the best way that he has found to do this, being that we are made in the image of God after his likeness, we're made in the image of God. In 2 Corinthians 5, God is making his appeal in and through us. So knowing and understanding that truth, the best way uh, that he has found, the enemy has found to do this, to, to attack the image of God, is that he speaks a lie Uh, in God's people. He speaks something in opposition to the heart of God, and he establishes this lie in the ones made in God's image and after his likeness. Because if I can establish something not true in you that does not exist in the heart of God for you, then the fruit that you will produce will never look like the heart of God. So now he's done. But people can say, I'm a Christian. And then people look at the fruit of their life and it doesn't look like the God of this book. And so what do they think? They think they discount it. Okay, then this can't be real. Because if this is true, then how do they look like that? And if what they're saying, if what they're doing is true, then how come it doesn't show up in here? Okay, so that's how he does this. He establishes this lie in the ones made in the image of God and after his likeness. So... Like I said, we would talk about this week, how can we tell? This is the first process. This is something that you can do with anyone. This is not, this is helpful information for just navigating the world that we're in and understanding people. If you can understand what is happening beneath the surface of a person and recognize that it has nothing to do with you, then you offense disappears. It just disappears. You can't be offended. Offense is when you take something personally. But if I recognize that what they're producing, the fruit of their life, is not a, has nothing to do with me, then how can I take their actions personally? You can't. This is how we bulletproof Christians, and this is important. So uh, the first thing that I want us to look at, how can we tell as we answer this question in James 2, 14 through 26, I just, I love this passage, so I'm going to read it in its entirety. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? 
So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. What we put our faith in is what we believe in. What you, what you believe in is where you will find your faith put into. Um, this is another thing that we, we talk about all the time, but you can tell what you love based on what you spend time with. And you can tell what a person believes based on what their faith is in. And so we, what you put your faith in is what you believe, and what you put your faith in and what you believe will always produce fruit. We, we live in a world that is, that is an absolute. What you believe will produce fruit. What you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world around you will produce fruit. It's, it's very simple. It's, it's one of the dangers about social media, right? Because there's algorithms that dictate what videos you're going to see based on videos that you've liked and based on videos that you spent time with. And those algorithms work within a parameter of two seconds. If you spend... This is the reason I, I deleted TikTok. I downloaded it because people were sending me funny videos and I had to delete it. Because if I just scrolled, saw a video of somebody doing something inappropriate, scrolled right past it, if there were two seconds where I, you know, I'm just scrolling, talking to somebody, and it sits on there, then all of a sudden that dictates now what I will see. And so now imagine doing this with negative things, with political things, with woe is me stuff where everything is bad, everything's doom and gloom, everything's uh, confrontation and conflict. Then that's what you see. And then all of a sudden your world, that's what you think the world is. Your worldview has now been shaped by this thing that you're seeing all the time. And this is all of a sudden what you believe. And then, if that's what you believe the world is really like, you will start producing fruit that feeds into that belief. Okay? Um, so, what is the fruit of identity? Where can a person's identity be seen on a daily basis? Where, where do you guys think a person's identity can be seen on a daily basis? But just by you, if you were to look at somebody, where do you think, how, how do you think you could begin to, just watching them, you could begin to get a grasp of what they might believe about themselves? How they dress. Okay, yeah, how they dress. Relationships, Relationships? yeah. Where they live as far as the yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
actions, attitudes, and behaviors. Right? Ugh. I knew it. So I've got these three boxes, and I've got arrows. I've got, they're kind of in a ascending order, and I've got arrows pointing down like we're working from this top box down to the bottom, but we're actually working in reverse, and this is important. We're starting at the bottom, and I'm describing this for the people that are listening online. Um, we've got in this last box, <coughs> excuse me, we've got actions, attitudes, and behaviors. If you want to start to figure out what a person believes about themselves, just examine these three things. And these three things are reflected in the way they dress, the kind of cars that they drive and different things like that, the way they prioritize certain things. Um, or, you know, uh, we used this as an example a couple weeks ago, the, an, an actions, at, action, attitude, and behavior when something new comes out, what do people do? They rush to get the new thing. There's nothing wrong with the thing that it's replacing. They just need the new thing, right? That's an action, attitude, and behavior. Um, this, what's important about this box and recognizing this box is that th there, there are no solutions to be found here. There is no truth to be found here. Genuine truth. This box is simply offering us clues to the bigger lie and the bigger issues. No truth, again, can be discovered here about who one truly is in the heart of God. You will not find it here. And unfortunately, we live in a society, and this is, this is only because they operate without the Holy Spirit. This is not putting down psychology or uh, uh, psychiatrists or anything like that. They serve a necessary and vital role. But oftentimes our solution with, within schools, within companies, within different things like that is if an action, attitude, and behavior doesn't fit with what you need that person to be doing, we look to behavioral modification, okay? But again, these three things, actions, attitudes, and behaviors, those are a fruit of something else, that's a fruit of something else, right? We see this, we can see this so easily in little kids. The actions, attitudes, and behaviors that they display, right? What's, what's a common one when you tell them no? Tantrum, right? That's an easy one to dissect. Why are they doing that? Because of this. But I can't, I can't try to modify that tantrum like let's put you in a, in a bed and different things like no because their issue is not the fact that they're throwing a tantrum the issue is that they heard no and this is the response right so we see this in, in children and it's the same in adults so uh, this makes us recognize really quickly that there's no solutions to be found here there's no truth about who God calls this person to be found here these only offer us clues it, it makes us recognize very quickly that there will be no great understanding if we do not invite him, the Holy Spirit, and let him, the Holy Spirit, be our guide throughout this time of deliverance. 
if the Holy Spirit is not already leading you in this conversation with this person, if you're having a conversation or if you're just observing, if the Holy Spirit is not already involved, in the, this is the first step of understanding a person's lie and a person's identity. If the Holy Spirit is not already present and you're having a conversation with him, if you're not already having a conversation with him at this point, there is no hope for anything after. And that's why society lives in this box. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit to take them to what comes next. And it's necessary because he knows the hairs on your head. He's known every moment, every second of every day you've ever lived. No one knows that. Not even you can remember all of that. And he can. Right? If you were to ask me who my second grade teacher was, I'd be like, call my mom, maybe. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't even know that I I don't even, yeah, I, was in, I, don't, I couldn't tell you what my elementary school was called in second grade. I don't, I don't remember a thing about it, okay? So that's already an issue because if something traumatic happened there and I can't even remember what my school was called, I'm going to have a hard time understanding the rest of my story. The Holy Spirit has to be involved. Uh, John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. This is oftentimes the first time the person has ever heard that there is more at work than simply personal failure. If you find somebody having a conversation with you that like something's not right, I need to figure something out, I need help in my life, and they're coming to you and they're sharing this, if you just focus on this and the Holy Spirit is not involved, then you'll just behavioral modifications all you'll do. And it again, it gets put on them that no, this is a result of your choices and your personal failures. But in reality, with a false identity, they had no control over it being planted in them. It was through manipulation that it was established in them. And so it is only through the revelation of the Holy Spirit that they can understand what this is and make a step in the right direction. And I have seen so many times when I tell people, like, okay, this is the fruit of something that exists in you that you believe about yourself. This is not because you're stupid. This is not because you're not talented. This is not because you're not qualified. This is not because you're worthless. This is not, a res this is not something you created. And now we can get into this conversation where it sounds like we're offering a scapegoat, but that's not what this is. This is when people come and genuinely ask for help. And because they know something's not right. And even people that don't ask for help, we can recognize the things that are at play. Again, it is important for us to remember those that are in Christ and those that aren't, the truth is still the same. We are spiritual beings. We were created for him, period. That is true for everyone. All things, Colossians 1.26, all things are made for him and through him. Every person alive that has ever been and ever will be, that is true about them. So if all things and all people are made for him, and the enemy knows this, 
then a lot of people, more than we could ever fathom, are walking around with a belief about themselves that has removed them from an encounter with the presence of God and has, removed, and has crippled them that they would not ever step into the fullness of who God has called them to be. We need to understand that. And it explains so much about human behavior. And through this, I hope that you gain a, a greater peace and understanding about where we are societally right now as a culture in America, in the world, the things that we're having conversations about, the fact that we're debating these things right now, uh, that we're debating. I hope this brings a greater level of understanding. Um, so anyways, this is, this is often, this is the first step, and this is often the first time uh, people have ever heard that this is not a result of personal failure. And when you share that with them, the amount of openness that you will receive will be profound. And you will, you will get so much more access to their story. So now this takes us to our next box. Just moving up. The next one we have, the second box, the middle box. What we put in there is control. Controls. Controls are, it's easier to look at them with this kind of title. This is kind of the second name that we give them. But what we've called them, what I call them, is a backdoor price. Okay, a backdoor price. These are generally illogical and sometimes unreasonable when considered by those who have not been hurt and have not been a part of this. Um, a backdoor prize is what a person receives in return for the strange and abnormal actions, attitudes, and behaviors. This is typically what they get is this backdoor prize, and that leads to the control. So here's an example. If a kid comes into class, walks into class just fine, he's having a normal day, nothing's happened, walks into class, chunks his backpack, flips a desk, He's going to get in trouble, right? So the front door prize is what? Lots of trouble. So what is the back door prize? If you think of it as a control, what is that kid getting as a back door prize that most people aren't recognizing? What, what are they naturally, through that circumstance, what are they naturally going to get? They're going to get the attention of the teacher. They're going to get the attention of their classmates. They're going to get it, the attention. If you do that, something like that in sundown, you're going to get attention to the, the entire campus. You're going to get the attention of the, of the administrator, of your principal. Um, you're going to get the attention of your parents. And all of a sudden, that makes sense. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you just put yourself in trouble? Everything was fine. But the trouble is the front door price. And that's not what they're after. They're after the attention. And then all of a sudden, we know a control. Attention. And it makes sense why they would do certain things and why certain actions, attitudes, and behaviors that are odd, they don't make a lot of sense. But then you look at the control and you see what the backdoor prize was, what they got in return for that. Um, th think of control as a target. Um, and a person's actions, attitudes, and behaviors... Uh, if you're thinking of control as a target, think of actions, attitudes, and behaviors as the arrow that hits that target. Okay? Um, 
these are the arrows flying to hit the target. But when the target is not getting hit, when, when, the, when the actions, attitudes, and behaviors are, are a little shaky, and so it's not necessarily hitting the control that they're seeking to hit, that they're really hoping to hit, uh, then all of a sudden the actions, attitudes, and behaviors Take, take it up a notch. They, they change the degree uh, big time. Um, and then that all of a sudden makes sense. They ramp up in a desperate attempt to hit the control again. Again, the backdoor prize. Um, and this is from one of the uh, packets that you guys will get at the end of this. Um, page three, part three. Um, so actions taken under... The heading of control require no training and affirmation of others. It is a simple reaction. Uh, the typical illustration frequently used is that uh, of an airplane that hits an air pocket and suddenly drops. The people on board without training or announcement reach for the armrest and scream uh, or grasp. Those are actions taken in response to trauma and are designed to restore that which was lost when something shook. So that kid coming to the class, he's not, he didn't think about throwing his backpack and flipping the desk. But all of a sudden, his actions, attitudes, he's not getting the control anymore, and it's just a response. The same way as if you hit an air pocket and you all of a sudden drop an airplane, you reach and grab. No one's like, hey, in a 30 seconds, we're going to all grab our armrests in synchronization. You know, that's not how that works. Um, identifying controls is by far the hardest part of this body of work. Uh, as the facilitator of this ministry, letting the Holy Spirit guide you to the proper control requires an openness to hear him and trust his leadership. Discovering the control causes us to think backwards from how we would typically see someone's motivation. Remember that control is a result and not an independent action. Okay, this is a prize they're seeking. This is not... This is not a forethought. This is not planned. This is not something. This is, this is all designed within the lie. This is the natural response of things that happen. Um, the control, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, leads us to the last box. Um, in this last box, this is, this is the important one. This is the root, the root cause of everything. Again, I can't change the nature of an apple tree by trying to address the fruit on the surface because the fruit that it produces is not defined on the surface. It's defined beneath in the roots um, where the seed was planted. So we, we fully understand that pain or trauma are great motivators in a person's life. Uh, we avoid it very naturally, but within deliverance ministry, we acknowledge that often it can't be avoided because it comes at the hands of someone else. Uh, as discussed, uh, as, as we've talked about, we must help the person before us understand that what sets this trauma in motion had to occur at the hands of someone else, had to occur at the hands of the enemy. Um, Unless that is fully discussed and accepted, a person will continue to believe that they can alter the outcome and manage the pain themselves. People have got to recognize that this is the result of an enemy 
coming in in a moment of vulnerability and establishing something in me. This is not something that I've chosen. And if uh, and this that that sounds like that would be an obvious and easy conversation. That's a really hard conversation because a lot of people don't want to let go of that because you're asking them to let go of everything they've thought true about themselves their entire lives, even though it's horribly uh, just it's wrecked their lives and it's ruining their current situations. Uh, they still they have a tendency to hold on to this trauma. The pain or trauma is not. Uh, self-inflicted, something was done to them, and the result is a determination not to go through that again. Uh, This is the point where a lifelong change occurs, and the damaging effect remains until someone intervenes, and God's help is recognized as the only answer. Uh, This is the entry point where broken identity and false accusations occur. This is the entry point of the enemy to um, to begin his work. And now something important to recognize within this is in in a moment of trauma, Satan does two despicable things. He will tell us um, that the reason the trauma occurred is because we are blank and he'll assign us a name. Uh, His accusation will be unique to us and will become the source of a false identity attached to his accusation. He tells us a lie that gives a lost direction and focus in an attempt to erase the identity just spoken. So, um, but with that said, it's not just trauma. It's 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 a, it's a step further. It's vulnerability, a moment of vulnerability. So that can also happen in a moment of great success, a positive moment. My false identity came in a very positive, wonderful moment. And I'll explain some of that uh, here in a few minutes. But it does not always look like a horrible situation. And another thing about this moment that that this has to get us to. Uh, And you can examine these three things, the actions, attitudes, and behaviors. And Okay, when did those kind of start? When did that kind of start? And you can kind of narrow down a time period with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, every time, the Holy Spirit has led the person to the moment where that was planted. They have to. Because the enemy is going to cover that and disguise that the best he can. The Holy Spirit brought that to me. I was 27. Wow, I understood. Oh, that's where it was planted. I knew what it was. And I had moments in my life. I didn't, it wasn't easy for me. Um, but it's not easy for a lot of people. Not complaining. I had a wonderful life. But there are plenty of moments that I could look at and be like, that was probably it. They're obvious. Like, no. Sometimes it's very blatantly obvious. Like, that's probably when it happened. But for me, it's like, no, those just aren't resting. It was a moment of great success. So, um, now, just to give you guys a, an understanding, these, this is the box. This is the flow of how this works, but this is not how you go about actually dissecting all this stuff to understand it. We take this a step further, and this is how we set it up. We set it up in three columns. We have the first column, the root, this I am statement. We have controls. We have actions, attitudes, and behaviors. Um, 
in this first one. And so how we always start this conversation is, okay, what are some odd, just odd, unique, different actions, attitudes, and behavior? So I'm going to write some of these for you uh, based on a, a person um, that will be okay with us. I mean, there's anonymity, so it's okay. Um, so one of the odd uh, actions, attitudes, and behaviors, they would taste success and then immediately... They just stop working, immediately procrastinate. It's like, oh, I'm successful, now I'm done. Coasting, right? That, can't, that doesn't seem too bad. But what would come on top of that is that they would also just, um, they just stop showing up. Stop showing up to things that they committed to. Stop showing up to things that they wanted to do. Um, and could be a Monday. Showed up on time. They were there. They were present. They were active. Tuesday, no call, no show. Just don't show up. No reason why they wouldn't. That's why it's odd. They're just, they're, they're, not, they're not just a flaky person. They just have these wildly flaky moments, and they're not sure why. Um, a lot of this. A lot of that. Okay, a lot of isolation. Um, we'll change. If the subject gets put on them, they will find an, a, a way to get out of that and to not be talking about themselves as quickly as possible. Um, They, they, uh, they're quick to anger. They're violent. You know, if, if like, it wasn't somebody bump into them, it's like, that person's getting decked. Um, or if somebody just did something they didn't like, they would, they busted out the windows in their car. They didn't hurt that person. They busted out the windows in their car. All of them. It's like, what the heck? Why would you, what? And just a fit of rage. Um, and then, this is probably an obvious one, but substance abuse. Okay, so now let's look at controls. What, what is the backdoor price of them having success and then just stopping, procrastinating, uh, some self-sabotage, right? And, and just not showing up. What, what is a control within that? What would you think? More pressure to, to redo it. Sure, yes. Take that back. Controls are one word. It's, sim it's real simple. It's a backdoor prize. It's a simple prize. I'm not saying, again... Like I said earlier, this is the hardest part of the whole thing. Um, it's easy for me because I've 
done this a lot. And so I kind of know what the typical controls are. But you guys are, this is your first time in this, so it's okay. Um, but it, it's, it's simpler than that. Take, it, take, that, take that back to what you said to a, to a word. What's the backdoor prize? Because what comes with this? Yeah. If you're successful at a job, what happens? You get promoted. What comes with a promotion? More responsibility, right? Um, what if you don't think you can handle it? So what are, you, what are you taking back in this? Yeah, yes, taking back. Your, but this is, you are taking something back here. And that's just simply this. Again, it's a control. I control it. Now I have power over this. I have power over expectation. I have power over, over my involvement. I have power on when I show up and if people feel like they can depend on me. There's power. Okay? What's, uh, what does isolation get you? What, if somebody, we see this a lot in depression, uh, a typical thing of somebody that's wildly depressed is they sleep a lot. They just stay in bed, right? It's a common thing. They struggle with depression and anxiety, they just sleep. What happens when you sleep? Where do you go? Is it back to reality? No, you don't go to reality. No, it's not accountability. What, so think of sleep as a vessel. What does it provide from reality? Yeah, what's another word for that? Think prison. Yeah, escape, right? It, it's an escape, right? And it's the same with this. Uh, what is... What is changing the subject off of themselves? What does that get you? That, that also gets you escape, but also control over the conversation. Control can be a control, okay? Quick to violent anger, what does that also look like? What are, what are you regaining in that moment, right? What, when, I mean, just take a, typically when men lash out in anger, what are they seeking to gain back? They're seeking to gain back power. And then again, substance abuse. What does substance abuse provide people? An escape. So all of a sudden, this starts to paint an image. It starts to paint a picture. Um... It starts to paint a picture they, that you can, through the Holy Spirit, you can come to this place of understanding what that I am statement is. Um, and now, again, the I am statement only comes by revelation of the Holy Spirit. He has to bring that. You will your best idea will always be wrong. Trust the Holy Spirit. You can align with it, but you've got to trust the Holy Spirit. Do not speak this if the Holy Spirit is not given it. Because you will mess it up, okay? But I know, I know this story, so I know what that is. So we can kind of walk through it a little bit. 
but they have success and then they stop working and they stop showing up. That, they're, they're claiming back power, but what are they, what are they also doing? If, if someone is having a wild amount of success, has a wild amount of potential, and they're just going and going, and then somebody tells them that, hey, you, you're going to be great one day. And then all of a sudden, they just start self-sabotaging. Why would somebody do that? Because what you said about them is in direct conflict with what they believe about themselves. They don't believe that they're capable of that success. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to remove expectations. They're trying to drop it down to the bottom. They're trying to lower expectations. Why would, why would they isolate? Why would they remove themselves from being around people? They don't want people to get too close. Because if people get too close, people know more about you. And the more people know, maybe they don't like what they find. So they isolate. It's the same here. They change the subject off of themselves. Why did they change the subject off themselves? Because they don't want to talk too much about themselves because they're worried of what people might discover about who they are. They're quick to anger. Again, they're just trying to, they're just reaching for power. And if they can, they can add some destruction, it doesn't make them feel as bad about themselves. And then substance abuse is just an escape of this lie that they believe about who they are. And the lie is this. The lie that they believed was that I'm broken. And who wants broken things? Nobody wants a broken thing. When, when was the last time you went and bought a car and you're like, I'm just really, I mean, let's not include Roland in that conversation. I just really want something that's unreliable and doesn't work. That's not what we do, right? You don't, you're not going to go to the Ford house and pay $100,000 for a new pickup that doesn't work. That's not what you go there for. You want something reliable, right? So all of these things that starts to make a whole lot of sense, they believe that about themselves and their Fear is that everybody else is going to recognize that that's who they are, that they're just broken, they have nothing to offer, right? And, and that's, that's the issue. Um, and and that's, that's how a false identity can come. And I can tell you this moment came for this person at a moment of great success. They had just played, uh, they, had, they had just transferred to a new school, they're in junior high and they're playing, they're playing uh, seventh grade football. Brand new school, brand new team. And they're obviously, they're not a starter. And, but they get put in the game. Team's struggling. They get put in the game. They had just an ex- a wildly exceptional game that, in, that caused their team to actually come back and win because of this one kid. And at the end of it, the coach praises this kid in front of everybody. Says that nobody's spot is safe. So you guys better work hard because he's coming for every spot on this team. And then, sabotage. Doesn't make any sense. It's because in that moment of success, the enemy spoke. But hey, 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 what if they find out you're not good enough? What if they find out that you're broken? 
and you're going to let them down. And all of a sudden, that kid signed the contract, I'm, I am broken. And so everything about their life until, until they got to the point where they could walk through this reflected that reality. So the anger, you would think, oh, what a punk kid, just angry all the time. Or uh, doing drugs, hopeless. Just get him to a rehab. He's a waste of time. Don't give him any money. He's just a druggie. That, that's, that's what you get if you just look here. But they're just trying to cope with this because this is what's producing the fruit in their life. That's the root in their heart. That's, that's my guy right there. You're with me, aren't you? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, buddy. So this is, this is why this is so profound, because it, it allows us to understand why people do what they do. It makes a lot of sense. If I can see, like, why would that person, they say, they called that person a friend the other day, and now they're talking about their, behind, them, behind their back and just dragging them through the mud. Why would that person do that? That's a weird if you say you love somebody and then the next day you're talking about how much you hate that person with somebody else, it's like, that's weird. Why would you do that? And it allows us to begin to move through this and dissect these things around us. And we have a deeper understanding of the world around us and the hurt that people carry. Uh, and that's the first one this evening, or that's, that's the lesson for this evening. Uh, understanding the, the root control, actions, attitudes, and behaviors. And we'll dive a little bit more into this uh, next week. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.